This week on Geek Explained, the run-up to Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League continues as we dive into the comic book history of the clown queen of DC Comics. So join me as I Geek Explain Harleen Quinzel, a.k.a. Harley Quinn. Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Kazana, and today's episode is the third in our series of January specials, diving into the comic book history of some of the most popular superheroes, superheroines, and anti-heroes making their way into other forms of media, which is kind of apropos for today's spotlight, because the character that we're going to be diving into this week got her start in a different medium from comic books. We're talking, of course, of Harley Quinn, who made her debut in Batman the Animated Series, and she has had quite the comic book career since then. We're going to get into all of of that. I hope you've been enjoying these series. It's been nice to kind of have a format, go in, talk about these characters, because I'm very excited to talk about them. I'm really excited to talk about their story, kind of their twists and turns throughout their career, and why I'm really excited to see them in upcoming media. I think by now, most people have seen Echo as we're recording this. I have not started Echo yet, but I'm very excited to do so. And we have Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League dropping next month. So I want to give people a crash course to talk about characters that you might be familiar with, but you might not know everything about these characters. And this is far from a Wikipedia page or an encyclopedic knowledge, but this is kind of the crash course on these characters, everything you need to know about them before you go and pick up the game next month. Uh, last week's episode on Deadshot was really fun. I liked being able to drop an episode that coincided with an anniversary, that being Christos Gage beginning his Deadshot series, or at least beginning to write his Deadshot series 20 years ago. 2004 was 20 years ago, and that is, um, I am still working on processing that, but I hope that you are enjoying these episodes so far. I hope that 2024 is treating you well. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and dive into it. Let's dive into the comic book history of Harleen Quinzel as I geeksplain Harley Quinn. A flat. You'll never know how this heart of mine is breaking. It looks so hopeless, but then life used to be so placid. Won't you please put down that acid and say that we're sweethearts again?
I believe it was the Italian philosopher Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata who once wrote, I want your horror. I want your design. Because you're a criminal as long as you're mine. I want your love. Love, love, love. I want your love. Ra, ra, ah, 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 roma, roma, ma, gaga, ooh, la, I want your bad romance. The thing about Harley Quinn, when she was first created, both in her original medium of the animated series, as well as her early adventures in comic books, was Harley was largely defined by her relationships. Um, Of course, the biggest one being with the Joker, though her relationships with Poison Ivy and other heroines in the DC Universe um, largely molded what her stories would be when she first broke into comic books in the mid-90s. However, over time, as more writers have gotten their hands on her, as she's appeared in more stories, as more opportunities have been given to expand on her character, on her pathos, on her origins, on what she does when she's not forced into a romance plot, Harley has grown and exploded in popularity. She is arguably one of the big pillars of DC Comics. And to that point, she has appeared in dozens of different adaptations of the comics medium. um, From animated series, to live action appearances, to a pretty healthy career in video games. And as we get set for her to appear once again in a video game, namely Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, we are going to dive into the comic book origins of Harley Quinn. Now, as I mentioned before, Harley originally appeared in um, in TV, in cartoons. And it wasn't until later that she made the jump into comic books, which I always find really fascinating. Because at her heart, she feels like she is inherently a comic book character. And not just because she appears in comic books, and that's the main medium that she's known for now. I think what allows her to stand the test of time and what allows her to continue to find new levels of popularity is that she is, unlike many characters in the comic book medium, someone who is allowed to evolve. There's always a baseline of what you can expect when Harley appears in a comic book story, but she has grown and changed and evolved over the course of her comic book career. And so... Even though you might expect or you might have some kind of um, understanding and some kind of expectation of what she would uh, contribute to a story whenever it's named that she's going to pop up in it, I guarantee you that she will always find a way to surprise you as a reader. She always does for me. So let's dive into the history of... Harley Quinn, a.k.a. Harleen Quinzel, also known by the aliases Holly Chance, Dr. Jessica Seaborn, and others, starting off with the bullet points. Uh, Her first appearance was 
twofold. We're going to we're going to count the DCAU first because it is canonically in the canon of pop culture and the canon of the real world where she appeared first. But we're also going to talk about where she came or where she made her debut in comics. So she made her initial debut on the small screen in the DCAU, the Batman the Animated Series episode, Joker's Favor, way back in September of 1992. I am one month older than Harley Quinn. That is, uh, I'm going to have to go to therapy about that. Uh, She first appeared in comic books in Batman Harley Quinn, a big old one-shot, in October of 1999. So there was a seven-year stretch where the only place you could find Harley Quinn was on TV. And when she made her jump into comics... She had to dive in with a splash. Of course, she was created by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm for the animated series before she was adapted later on into the uh, comics medium. Her team affiliations include the Suicide Squad, of course, the Gotham City Sirens, the Quintets, that's with two N's, the Gang of Harleys, the Secret Six, the Secret Society of Supervillains, the Birds of Prey, and Justice League of Anarchy! Uh, The last two we're not going to be diving a whole lot into when it comes to history because they're they're, they're not really... I mean, Justice League Anarchy is not really a team. But her brief appearance in the Birds of Prey um, hasn't solidified itself yet. Um, She is currently rocking it in the current Birds of Prey book, which we'll be talking about in a second. But... um, She's really only been part of the Birds of Prey since the since the inception of the movie. So I think that's there's some murky waters when it comes to that. It's not like she's a mainstay like a Black Canary or a Huntress. Uh, her powers and abilities include being a gifted intellect or having a gifted intellect. She's a trained psychiatrist. She's an expert hand-to-hand combatant, a master acrobat, and has toxic immunity as well as enhanced strength and stamina. Uh, When she was injected with a specific serum, more on that in a second, uh, she was gifted even further athleticism, strength, and stamina, as well as, of course, that toxic immunity. Her usual equipment include anything from a giant mallet to a pop gun, and most recently, her infamous baseball bat. And with that... Let's dive in-depth into the comic book, I have to keep stressing comic book, history of Harley Quinn. So Harleen Quinzel was born in Brooklyn, New York to Nicholas and Sharon Quinn. I also found out recently that she is in fact Jewish, which I think rules. Uh, She had three brothers, Barry, Frankie, and Ezzy, and initially uh, attended Gotham State University on a gymnastics scholarship, though she would end up majoring in psychiatry under the watchful eye of Dr. Odin Marcus. Uh, It's during college that she also dated a guy named Guy, Guy Kopsky, and took a brief internship at Star Labs. Now, while this was brief, it was very important for her because this very specific internship is where she meets Hyena's Bud and Lou, which would go on to be her pets for, I think, the rest of time. Uh, It was in college where she came up with her thesis statement to get her doctorate. Her thesis read like this. There are only two circumstances under which a person disregards the rules of society. When they commit a crime, 
or when they're in love. And this is not just her fictional thesis statement, but is kind of the thesis statement for her entire character. Uh, it's also during this time that her boyfriend, Guy Kopsky, develops a think drink, which is a serum that he would take to expand his mind and allow him to not just collect data, but retain it. However, uh, this think drink would end up being poisoned by Marcus, that... That's the teacher who gained an unhealthy obsession with Harleen. And he ended up poisoning it very specifically with Joker Venom. That drove Guy insane and also ended their relationship. Uh, Harleen ended up graduating from uh, Gotham State University and got another internship, this time on the recommendation of Dr. Marcus, to Arkham Asylum. Now, this whole thing, this whole thing was orchestrated by Harleen so that she could get famous. Because she, after seeing the effects of the Joker Venom on Kopsky, developed kind of an unhealthy obsession with the Joker. Seeing him as kind of her cash cow, her ticket into the big time. She was going to write a big tell-all book about her sessions trying to quote-unquote, cure him, uh, she begins her session with the Joker, and right off the bat, Joker dubs her Harley Quinn. Of course, a play on the word Harlequin. And it's during these sessions where the Joker gains her sympathy, and it leads to a steamy affair. Uh, during her employment, her internship and later employment at Arkham Asylum, she would help the Joker break out of Arkham several times before she was ultimately caught and committed herself into the very asylum that she had called her workplace. Uh, she escaped from Arkham during a large earthquake... Everyone knows what, what earthquake that is. Go check out No Man's Land. It's incredible. Uh, or I guess that would be uh, Cataclysm. Uh, and committed herself in the aftermath of this to a life of crime, reaching out to be the psychic for the Joker. Now, they would have a brief and steamy uh, kind of Bonnie and Clyde deal where she was his right hand until Joker realized that he was in fact also gaining feelings for Harley. And for the Joker, that's not, that's not okay. He can't allow that to happen. So he straps Harley to a rocket and shoots her out of his hideout. This rocket ends up crash landing in Robinson Park, where Harley is found in the wreckage by one poison Ivy. And this, my friends, is what began a long-standing relationship between the two. Uh, she ends up bonding with Ivy, the two of them kind of commiserating over their status in the criminal underworld, both being rogues but not being looked upon as big-time rogues because of their gender and their sex. And so they decide to get revenge on both Batman and the Joker by taking them down. It's also during this time where Harley is injected by Ivy with a very specific serum that gave her the toxic immunity and enhanced biology. Uh, the two of them set out for a big old scheme to take out both men who are ruining their lives. However, when things inevitably go awry, Harley ends up teaming up with Batman and nearly defeats the Joker before the Joker convinces her that they're in love. She, of course, forgives him and rejoins his efforts to 
bring Batman down and rule Gotham City. However, she, in the process, loses the support of Poison Ivy, though later on Ivy would return and they would continue their friendship. Uh, Harley would temporarily join the Secret Six for a short time, but pretty quickly left after she realized it wasn't her scene. Later, she would move in with Ivy after yet another breakup with the Joker, and it's here that the two are contacted by Selina Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman, who offers them a partnership, the three of them working towards both individual goals as well as a joint goal to carve out their own space in Gotham City. Uh, the three would end up being called the Gotham City Sirens, who, after defeating a low-level villain named Bone Blaster, decided to make the team official, and they continued on their partnership, becoming a trio of femme fatales in the mean streets of Gotham City. Uh, it's during this run where she survives an assassination attempt by a former Joker henchman. Uh, she reconnects with her family and it does not go well. Uh, the, I guess the, uh, the adaptation in the Harley Quinn animated series is a much nicer uh, reunion between her and her family, and that's saying something. <laughs> uh, but later she would go on to betray the Sirens and rejoin the Joker, of course. However, it's following this very quickly that uh, Selina goes to Batman for help, who the two of them defeat Joker and Harley and send them back to Arkham. Uh, she's freed by Poison Ivy, who was also left to rot in Arkham during this confrontation, and the two of them decide they are going to go after Catwoman for revenge. Uh, Harley and Ivy end up clashing once again with Batcat. However, they are defeated, and in the aftermath, in the immediate aftermath, as Batman is getting ready to apprehend them, arrest them, and send them back to Arkham... The three former sirens commiserate. They lay it all on the table, realizing that, though they are flawed, the sisterhood that they created was going to last a lifetime. And so Catwoman engineers an escape for the two of them as they head off into the night and continue their life of crime. However, it's shortly after this that the new 52 happens, and very quickly, in this new rebooted universe, uh, Harley is arrested by Dinah Lance, aka the Black Canary, and sent to Bell Rev Penitentiary. Separated from Ivy for the first time in a long time, uh, Harley is forcibly inducted into Task Force X, where she begins an affair with Deadshot, seeking to work out some complicated feelings with the Joker and Ivy and all of the things that are going on in her love life. Uh, this Task Force X, this specific run of the Suicide Squad and the New 52, uh, saw Harley joined by Deadshot, King Shark, El Diablo, Voltaic, and Black Spider, and it's during her initial adventures with this team that she learns of the Joker's quote-unquote death, where his face was carved off, he disappeared for a year. It was the greatest time, because we didn't have to deal with fucking Joker in Batman comics. Y'all remember when we had a full year of Joker not appearing in anything? Bliss. Absolute bliss. Uh, however... 
hearing about the possible death of the Joker, she escapes from Belle Rev to investigate, and she goes on a crime spree with a brand new gang where she breaks into GCPD and retrieves Joker's severed face. Eventually, she captures Deadshot, putting the Joker's face on his face and making out with him. It's a weird story, but she is eventually reclaimed by the Suicide Squad and brought back into the fold. Uh, later, we would see the exits of both Voltaic and, and Black Spider with new recruits, Yo-Yo and Captain Boomerang, making their way into the team. Uh, this team would end up clashing with the Basilisk organization and would eventually lead to Harley leading a rebellion against Waller in the halls of Bel Rev. A rebellion that was ultimately successful, by the way. And this rebellion ended up with the neck bombs being removed and the Suicide Squad becoming a voluntary gig. Uh, this led to a brand new lineup, including Harley Quinn, Deadshot, King Shark, Cheetah and James Gordon Jr. And this roster would be the one that en would end up battling against the crime syndicate when they invaded from Earth 3. Following this whole adventure, though, she would find herself back under Waller's thumb with another smaller team consisting of herself, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, and King Shark. Uh, she would continue to work with the squad uh, through the Zod of it all, uh, through breakups, reformations, new rosters, old rosters, and she's eventually granted a brief leave of absence where she has a short-lived partnership with Power Girl of all people. Really fun story. Uh, go check it out if you haven't. Their partnership is really fun. Uh, she relocates back to Brooklyn's Coney Island uh, alongside Poison Ivy. The two of them move in together, and she establishes in Coney Island a haven for freaks and strays. And this, my friends, is where she establishes the Gang of Harleys. I remember reading this and being super into the idea of the Gang of Harleys, coming from a variety of backgrounds, Lost Souls kind of going to Coney Island as a, an island of misfit toys, in a sense. Uh, it's during this solo run where she would battle against the mayor of New York as well as a returning Joker. And this story is where she begins her relationship in earnest with Ivy. They've been playing the Will They Won't They forever, and it's during this run that it is officially solidified. However, Shortly after this, she is brought back into the squad and loses touch with Ivy briefly, just as they're on the cusp of really pursuing and exploring that love. Uh, the squad would battle against the Justice League, then they would end up teaming up with them to battle against Maxwell Lord and Eclipso. She's later brought back to Gotham after a whole thing where Poison Ivy, in her grief over... Some stuff, some pretty terrible stuff that happened during the War of Jokes and Riddles uh, would end up, in her grief, taking control of the planet, with Harley being one of the very few people who was not put under Ivy's control. Now, Harley is brought in as kind of their, their ace in the hole, their trump card, where... This is their last-ditch last effort. This is their desperation move. Harley is the only one who can bring her back. Uh, eventually, Harley is able to make it to Ivy and convinces Ivy to relinquish control of the Earth as well as finally get help. 
And this, dear listener, is where we have to talk about Sanctuary. Now, Sanctuary was, in its inception, created to help heroes and sometimes villains process the traumas that come with leading a superpowered lifestyle. And Ivy is brought to Sanctuary to work through some of her mental health issues. And this is where Heroes in Crisis happens. Now, uh, we've made here on the Geekswain podcast our feelings on the Heroes in Crisis pretty clear. Uh, if you want to go back in the archives of the Geekswain book club of um, our most recent season, we did a five-hour podcast talking exclusively about Heroes in Crisis. It's one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. There's a lot of discussion, a lot of disagreements, but ultimately it's such a great exploration of that story go check it out go 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 check it out you little rascal uh but this story would find harley quinn visiting ivy during her treatment act sanctuary unfortunately this is where the heroes in crisis incident would occur where basically everyone at sanctuary was wiped out leaving the only two suspects being harley quinn and Booster Gold. So Harley is framed for murder. Later on, she is exonerated for reasons. No spoilers. Uh, and at the end of the story, Hivey, Hivey, why did I say Hivey? Ivy is revived, and the two of them head off into the sunset. Or do they? Because as it stands, this new Ivy is dealing with a lot of strange trauma owing to being a reborn version of a character who was going through a large mental crisis at the time of her death. So Harley commits herself to helping with Ivy's recovery. However, they're attacked by the Floronic Man! And they decide to escape the house that they're staying in, goes up in a blaze. Um... Harley escapes the house, sees Ivy also escape the house after her, and the two of them decide to go on a run on a road trip. This road trip is a great little story. I'll talk about it in a second. Um, I love this story. Uh, it's, it's not a perfect story, but I love how it explores the two of them. And unfortunately... Spoilers for the story. Um, at the end of it, Ivy, the Ivy that she had been traveling with, is revealed to be a double, a version of high. Uh, why did I do that again? A version of Ivy that sprung up from one of the several pods that had generated because of her powers, and so Harley escaped this burning building, ran off with this Ivy duplicate, leaving the actual Ivy heartbroken in a burning building um these two ivs would clash with the duplicate being brought back into ivy proper and creating queen ivy who um and i'm just realizing this is a very similar story to it's not it's not feats of it's not feet of clay but it's a new batman adventures episode really good one of my favorite Tim Drake episodes. It's wonderful. I just can't remember the name of it right now. But later on, um, the two of them would clash. And like I said, Queen Ivy reigns. Harley leaves heartbroken. Uh, following this, she ends up rejoining the Suicide Squad under new leadership. This time being under the watchful eye and iron fist of 
Locke, a government liaison who had ulterior motives and served more masters than just the government. Which brings us to, of course, Bad Blood, which I talked about in last week's episode. Uh, during this uh, during this story, Deadshot is killed. Harley ends up leaving the squad, but connects with Zoe Lawton, Floyd's young daughter, the two of them becoming best of friends. Uh, following this, she returns to Gotham just in time to be drafted into the Joker War, an all-out war on the streets for the soul of Gotham between Batman and the Joker, and it's here where she is introduced to and comes in direct conflict with the Joker's new main squeeze punchline uh the two of them obviously have a lot to work out they battle harley beats her and in the aftermath of the joker war harley quinn officially joins the bat family and that brings you all the way up to right now where she is at in comics. This gives you everything you need to know to not only go into Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, but also to go into her current run, which is ongoing as we speak. As I'm recording this, as you're listening to this, unless something catastrophic happens, um, I'm going to get into that in a second, but this brings you up to speed, and you can dive right into issue one right now. Uh, for other recommended reading, I've got a set. I've got a few. Um, I have them kind of categorized under uh, different names, but this one is actually called Preludes and Knock Knock Jokes. Uh, this is Harley Quinn, the 2000 miniseries that initially gave her... They had like the Harley Quinn one-shot, and then she had like a seven-issue series. This is Harley Quinn from 2000, issues one through seven, written by Carl Kessel, with art by Rick... Terry and Rachel Dodson, the Dodsons, of course. Uh, this is the first solo series. This is where she meets Ivy, that story that I talked about where Joker launches her in a rocket. Uh, I would also recommend Gotham City Sirens. Uh, this is obviously the Gotham City Sirens run from 2009, issues 1 through 26. This is written by Paul Dini with art by Guillaume March. I love this story. This was actually the first story that I collected that featured Harley in it uh, as a main player. Uh, this is where she teams up with Ivy and Catwoman, their whole sordid story. This is also where we get Heroic Detective Riddler, which is my favorite version of the Riddler. So for that and many other reasons, go check this out. I'd also recommend Unstoppable. This is the definitive Harley Quinn run. This is the Harley Quinn 2014 series issues 0 through 30, as well as Harley Quinn the 2016 series, which is basically a continuation directly into this, issues 1 through 34. So that's over 60 issues written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti with main artwork usually done by Chad Harden. This is, as I said, the definitive Harley Quinn run, especially of the 2010s, going from kind of where she was at as part of the Suicide Squad and to really solidify herself as a major player without having to deal with anyone, you know, especially the Joker, breathing down her neck. I'd also recommend Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. This is, of course, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, the 2019 miniseries that I was talking about. It's The Road Trip, uh, issues one through six. This is written by Jody Hauser with art by Adriana Mello. Uh, this is 
obviously the post-Heroes in Crisis road trip love story that ends in tragedy. I love tragic love stories, uh, but it's also just a really good examination of the two as individuals, as a relationship, and trying to navigate how to help someone through recovery. Really great story. It's only six issues. It's wonderful. Would recommend. Uh, I'd also recommend No Good Deed. This is, as I said, the current Harley Quinn series. This is issues one up until right now, present day, the most, re as of this recording, I have to say. Uh, hello, future people. Uh, this is, I believe, up to 35 issues dropped. I, th I think issue 35 dropped a couple weeks ago, but... This series, written by Stephanie Phillips as well as Teeny Howard, with art starting off by Riley Rosmo and later taken over by Sweeney Boo, uh, is the current run that she is in as she finds herself in a new status quo, dealing with new problems, and also, you know, having to react to some old ones. But really good story. I love it. I absolutely think it is shaping up to be just as definitive as the Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti run. Um, it's just, it's a wonderful, fun story. Uh, for honorable mentions, I do want to mention two things. First off, the Harley Quinn animated series on HBO Max. I talked about it that the most recent season wasn't my favorite. I didn't really love it. But the first few seasons are tremendous. Would recommend. And also, Birds of Prey! Birds of Prey is freaking good! I don't know what people are smoking that they think, oh, this is this is, this is a, not a good story. This is female expendables uh, going to Amazon, going to the Amazon's home of Themyscira to retrieve someone. No spoilers, and it is just the coolest book that DC is putting out right now. Written by Kelly Thompson. Art by Leonardo Romero. It's a book that I've been gushing about since the very first issue dropped, and you deserve to go check it out. But that does it. That is the crash course on Harley Quinn. Everything you need to know before her appearance in the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League game. Obviously, she appeared and had a pretty heavy involvement in the Arkham Trilogy. Um, quadrilogy, technically, I count it. She appears in Origins, and Origins is arguably the best game of the bunch story-wise, but I'm not getting into that discussion. But because uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is essentially a sequel, a spiritual sequel, uh, that does happen to be in the same universe as the Arkham games, if you want to go replay them, go do it. I'd recommend it. They're great games. But either way, Throughout her time in DC Comics, she has gone from a sidekick to a major player standing on her own, and really the only constant in Harley Quinn's story is change. Harley Quinn does not operate on the same spectrum or by the same rules as traditional comic book characters, and that's something that is lovely about her. Uh, the only true rule about Harley Quinn in the DC Universe is that there are no rules. And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is the first time you're joining us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and honestly, ratings, reviews, and especially subscriptions really do help me and the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space, raises up our stock, and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call 
call it. I will read your review here live on the podcast. You can write literally anything you want. I will be forced to read every single word you write. As long as you give those five stars, the sky's the limit on what you can make me say. And you'll be able to join the likes of our terrific 21. I want to say a huge thank you to those fine folks for their reviews, and I cannot wait to hear yours. If you want to be part of the Geeksplained mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put mailbag in the subject header, and I will read it here on the Wednesday show. If you'd like to keep up to date with the podcast, participate in polls that decide future episodes, get first notification for announcements on the show, or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with me on the latest Geek news feel free to follow us at geeksplained pod that's at geeksplained pod on instagram and twitter as i continue to try to get better at instagram i'm working on it and for as long as twitter i'm not calling it x is around finally this friday and every friday is the geeksplained book club where i alongside my good brothers malcolm russell nelson and jacob brown are currently going through jonathan hickman's Ultimate Invasion. We're dedicating the entire month of January to Hickman's vision for the new Ultimate Universe. And that wording is actually apropos because this Friday we're going to be covering Ultimate Universe number one. Last week we wrapped up our coverage of Jonathan Hickman's Ultimate Invasion alongside Brian Hitch, the four-issue miniseries. This week we are going to be covering Ultimate Universe number one, and next week we will be diving deep into every single page of Ultimate Spider-Man number one. We've been loving going through the new Ultimate Universe. Uh, A lot of people that brought... uh, or jumped on to the train that is the Geek Explained Book Club jumped on during our second season for our Ultimate Spider-Man read-through. So if you're as excited as we are for the Ultimate Universe to be back, go check us out this Friday and every Friday. Uh, Ultimate Fridays are a real thing, so be there or be square, not a circle. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed the uh, character profile on Harley Quinn. I sure did love going through it. She has a wacky narrative, and she has been in so many comics in the last 20 years. It's kind of insane, but I think she's only going to go up from here. Uh, she she continues to hold strong. There are characters that you see kind of come and go. They burn really hot, but only for a little while. Uh, Harley Quinn has stayed the course. She is a mainstay. She is, as I said earlier, a pillar in DC Comics. So she ain't going anywhere. And I'm very excited to see where her story goes in Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. But next week, turning our eyes to the future, uh, we're going to be diving into to the comic book history of Nanawe, a.k.a. King Shark. Yes, I have been waiting to talk about King Shark. Very excited for this, so join me, won't you, next week, same geek time, same geek channel, as I geek-splain King Shark. But for now, for the Geek-splain podcast, I've been Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody stay safe, and we will see you next time.